Hi, this is a message from Life Church Leeds. We hope it encourages and helps you. People Matter is where we are at um, this uh, month. And um, I want to just share with you today on this this theme as well. And um, hopefully this is going to help some of us. I want to ask you this question. Have you ever, and I'm sure you have, have you ever been somewhere before and felt like when you th- when you were there you really didn't matter anyone have you ever been somewhere before and when you are there you just sense I don't really matter I don't I don't really fit in I don't really feel like anyone really wants me here or is bothered about me being here I'm kind of like invisible in this place When that happens, it makes you feel small, it makes you feel insignificant, it makes you feel unimportant, it makes you feel overlooked, it makes you feel unneeded, and it makes you feel unknown. All of those feelings, how many of you know, are not nice feelings to have. Nobody likes to feel unloved, unknown, unneeded, and insignificant. They are not feelings that fill us with any form of joy or peace or life. What happened with me one time was I was, uh, probably about a couple of years ago, I was in a certain environment like that and I was in a room and you know when everyone knows everyone in the room and they knew I was in the room but I was so insignificant and so important that I was basically ignored. Oh. (laughs) And it's an awkward time because like I had to be in the room but like you don't really, you don't, you're not bothered about me. I don't matter to you. And so I was just left. They were, they were involved in way more high-level conversations with serious, significant people. I was Mr. Insignificant. Until someone came along into the room who was, so to speak, and I use those exclamation, what are those called, those thingy marks? I don't know what they're called, but you know what I mean. Who was supposedly more significant than they were were more needed and they had much of a higher authority. They were the owners of the organization. And because the owner of the organization walked in, everyone kind of, you know, wanted to kind of get with the owner and talk to the owner, be seen by the owner. Why? Because, you know, he holds the keys and so people can climb ladders if, you know, you're around there. But here's me in the corner somewhere, kind of insignificant. Until he grabs me and comes to me first before he comes to them, pulls me over and basically leads me into the conversation with all of the people and basically talks about me and like what we do and how much he values me and, and the friendship that we have. Um, and it was amazing how immediately, like the click of a finger, I immediately felt the total opposite to what I was feeling before. Immediately I felt important, immediately I felt noticed, immediately I felt needed, I felt known, I felt significant and the contrast in those two feelings were huge. All because one person treated me in a certain way which added value to how I felt and it was amazing and a little bit shallow how everyone responded differently because of who that person was. And I know we face that in society often, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's the shallowness sometimes of society. Then people wanted to talk to me, 
Then people wanted to take my number. Then people wanted to know what I did and wanted to include me in the conversation. Why? Because they knew that I was significant to him. So therefore, if he's significant to him, maybe he should be and could be significant to us. The truth is, my feelings changed because how people treated me because who I was with. Now, if I wasn't with him, I would have still had the same feelings. Now, some of it also might be some of my own insecurities, okay? So I might have felt insignificant when that was never their intention. I might have felt small and unneeded when that was never their intention. So some of it might be my own personal insecurities that all of us have. When you think somebody's talking about you when they're really not. When you think somebody doesn't like you when they really don't, when they really do. (laughs) I was going to say they really don't. When you think someone has an agenda against you and like they really don't, sometimes they are just insecurities. Is it just me or do you kind of resonate with what I'm saying? Like sometimes it's just you've got to deal with you. Maybe the problem's not in there. Maybe it's just in, in my own thinking. But in this situation, there was definitely a contrast as a result of who I was with. Now Jesus... When he walked around the earth for the three years plus that he was on earth, well, not the 33 years he was on earth, but the, the three years that he was active in ministry that we really find recorded in the Gospels, it's amazing how he made people feel important. Jesus made people, people feel significant and known, no matter who they were with. Now, because of who they were with, or because of their history, or because of what they had done, they should have almost been separated from the prophet, from you know, the teacher, the rabbi, Jesus, like the woman at the well, you know, who had multiple relationships, or the woman who was caught in adultery, or who Zacchaeus, who was stealing funds from the from the taxes from people. They are the people, they were the outcasts and yet Jesus did all he could to make them feel as significant as anybody else. In fact, to Zacchaeus, he says, come down from that tree, I'm going to have dinner with you. Of all the people that were there that day, he was the least person, least person who should have been, you know, fulfilled to have that opportunity and yet Jesus seeks him out. In fact, with Jesus, I would say smaller the better, more insignificant the better, you've got a greater chance. (laughs) Jesus loved reaching out to those people. In fact, the first time I ever preached a message, ever preached a message anywhere at all, was uh, I did a 15-minute message at our Life Church Bradford campus when I was very, very young, a long time ago now. And the message was titled, Never Underestimate Normal. And the idea behind it was when you go through the Bible, there are a whole lot of normal people that God loves to use. Sometimes way more than those who think they are the kings and the queens and the significant people. God often just chooses those who have been despised and rejected and unknown. And he exalts them and he raises them up. Never underestimate normal. And I think about that because with Jesus, when you read through the Gospels, Jesus knew this. And I think this is helpful for us to understand is how you treat people is how you reach people, okay? How you treat people is how you reach people. It's hard to reach people if you don't treat them well. It's hard to, you know, share the gospel with them. You know, if you've, if you've cut them up in the car on the way to work, me, 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 and you've, you know, waved at them with a couple of fingers in the air. How you treat people is hugely important. And I hope, I say I hope, because I cannot confirm this, but I hope 
my heart's desire and number one one of our number one priorities in this church is that you feel when you come to this church you feel significant and you feel important and you feel known and you feel needed and you feel all of those things and you might think well I don't feel like that at the moment can I say hang on in there We want to make sure that we create an environment here that doesn't make me feel like I felt like that first story, but makes you feel, you know what, you come into the environment and it's almost like there are people looking out for you no matter who you are. There are people who will smile at you. There are people who will welcome you. There are people who will be kind at you. There will be people who treat you well. I think that is the gospel, the good news, to treat people well. And I want to read in Luke chapter 11, Is where we're going to go today. Luke chapter 11, verse 37. This is Jesus speaking to the Pharisees and the experts in the law. Okay, it's called the seven woes. It says this, when Jesus had finished speaking, a Pharisee invited him to eat with him. So he went in and reclined at the table. But the Pharisee was surprised when he noticed that Jesus did not first wash before the meal. Then the Lord said to him, now then, you Pharisees, you Pharisees clean the outside of the cup and dish. But inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You foolish people, did not the one who made the outside make the inside also? But now, as for what is inside you, be generous to the poor and everything will be clean for you. Woe to you, Pharisees, because you give God a tenth of your mint, you rue and all other kinds of gardens and herbs, but you neglect justice and the love of God. You should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. Woe to you, Pharisees, because you love the most important seats in the synagogue and respectful greetings in the marketplaces. Woe to you, because you are like unmarked graves which people walk over without knowing it. This Jesus sat at the table telling them off. One of the experts in the law answered him, Teacher, when you say these things, you insult us also. Yes, quite rightly. And Jesus replied, And you experts in the law, it doesn't just stop there. You could almost backtrack. Jesus goes in for one final blow. He says, woe to you because you load people down with burdens they can hardly carry. And you yourselves will not lift one finger to help them. Woe to you because you build tombs for the prophets and it was your ancestors who killed them. So you testify that you approve of what your ancestors did. They killed the prophets and you build their tombs. I tell you what, this is deep. For Valentine's message, (laughs) woe to you, life church. (laughs) I'm not speaking to you. Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees. But let me tell you, there is a Pharisee in all of us. So when Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees, he's actually speaking to me. And he's actually speaking to us. And I know it sounds quite offensive and it sounds quite insulting because the Pharisees say, Jesus, are you going to keep insulting us all while we're reclining, having KFC this whole time? We bought the KFC, Jesus. (laughs) And Jesus is like, woe to you. Woe to you. How dare you? How dare you? And it's a challenge to us today, and you'll see where I'm going with this. Jesus giving the dressing down to these important, significant Pharisees who were the the top level of society, they'd have special robes, they'd walk around Jerusalem with entourages and with, you know, almost like they were the celebrities of the day. 
the Pharisees and the experts of the law who had the influence and who had the resource and who had the weight in society. And Jesus is giving them a dressing down based on their hypocrisy. And what hypocrisy is, hypocrisy is the practice of claiming to have higher standards or more noble beliefs than is the case. So believe, you know, saying, proclaiming that you are something when actually you're not at that level of standard. It is a hypocritical place to be. And I don't know about you, but and society, people hate hypocrisy. I hate hypocrisy. And there are times when I can be hypocritical. There are times when I can hate something, but I realize, man, I've been a hypocrite in that area. And I was thinking, why do we hate hypocrisy so much? Like, especially in the UK, it's almost like we hate it more than like anything, like hypocrisy. I think it's because what you do with hypocrisy is you elevate yourself to a certain standard, but yet it's a false standard. And the reality is you're just as weak as the rest of us. But yet you are elevating yourself to something that you are not. And you are almost looking down from your lofty position. And you are setting a standard that you, are, you yourself are not even meeting. Politicians often get caught up in scenarios of hypocrisy. And many of us over the last year have seen that, especially when it comes to like COVID guidelines. Okay? Or people who are you know, saying... You know, we've seen pop stars who say, make sure, you know, you, you know, stay at home, protect the NHS, save lives as they're like, you know, having parties in secluded locations. Or politicians who are saying, you know, don't go anywhere and then traveling up the north of England to go and, you know, for essential journeys. And I don't want to get political in this, but what it does is hypocrisy erodes trust. And hypocrisy has an impact on society because they say, well, if you can do that, then I can do that. But yet you're saying we shouldn't be doing that, but yet you're doing that yourself. It's hypocrisy. And people hate hypocrisy. And Jesus talks about hypocrisy. Why? Because it is a fake way of living. It's not only politicians who get caught up in hypocrisy. Pastors and leaders get caught up in hypocrisy. Where we can teach how to live pure lives and yet we don't live pure lives ourselves. We can teach on certain topics that we are not living ourselves. That is as much hypocritical as an MP who's doing something he shouldn't be doing. And so let's not look at a certain section of society and think, well, they're a very hypocritical group. Hypocrisy is, is on our doorstep every single day. There are certain things I don't want to teach on, I don't want to preach on, and I will not do that until I feel like I'm at a place where I feel like I've got something to really speak into that position. For example, when it comes to maybe, you know, a, a, a lifestyle of intercession, I don't feel, I, I don't feel, that, I think it would be hypo, hypocritical for me to start telling you how to live a lifestyle of intercession where I don't feel like I'm at that place yet. Maybe in, maybe in time to come, in years to come, I'd love to be at that place, but at the moment, my prayer life and my intercession accessory life needs some work so therefore I don't want to stand to you and go well you know what church you should be praying more and you should be doing more why because that is not something that I am reaching in the same standard I'm as weak as maybe some of you are in that and you would be better off to come and speak on those issues none of us like the hypocrisy that we see and this is why because life is not just about what we say but what we do with what we say it's like Valentine's Day. How easy is it to say, I love you, 
The response should be, show me <laughs> how much you love me. It's easy to buy flowers. It's easy for Carlos Whisper <laughs> to go around the auditorium with a rose in, their, in its mouth. But Carlos, <laughs> show us how much you love us. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. It's not just what we say, but it's what we do with what we say. And Jesus is saying to the Pharisees, and he is warning us also, don't be great at cleaning the outside of your life if you leave the inside of it dirty. Don't just be obsessed with the external. You need to be equally obsessed with the internal. It's like, you know, when you go and get your, get your car cleaned, and you'll have your car cleaned and you'll pay four quid to get it cleaned at the car wash and they'll put the nice little shiny stuff around the wheels and you'll bez out of the car wash with your nice clean car but you don't want to take anyone inside that car because you've still got a double cheeseburger under your seat from three weeks ago. Mustard just leaking out the side of it. But yet you're driving around Leeds in your nice clean car but inside it's filthy. Many of us at home, I'm sure, have got certain cupboards. Don't go in that cupboard. <laughs> Remember when we, were, when we were trying it? Well, we have, in fact, got some good news. We've sold our house and we've, we've managed to get a house in Leeds. <laughs> Too old to be doing that. Abs is waving at me from the baby room. She's happy. And so we're going to be moving to North Leeds, the Warden area. It's in a few weeks and so we're excited about that. Lead, lead, lead. Be able to finally put LS. 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 No longer BD. LS. See you later, BD. Don't want to be a BD. Yes, LS. But when we had house viewings trying to sell our house, I mean, you know, you'd make it beautiful. I mean, hip, talk about hypocrisy. <laughs> yeah, this is how we live, you know, it's just spotless we don't have any appliances on the side we have no kids toys in our house we have nothing you know I'm cutting the grass 10 minutes (laughs) then they come they go oh this house is amazing and it is amazing but it's not how we live our normal lives it's a show home but there's a one cupboard (laughs) dump it in there and when they come out what's in there oh we can't actually go in there at the moment health and safety issue it's just, a, just an under storage, under, under the stairs cupboard. We all have it. And Jesus is almost using this as an illustration where we are tidy on the outside, but we are messy on the inside. Jesus is saying, it's all about living inside out rather than outside in. Inside out is about the quality of your heart rather than the quality of your vocation, the quality of your vocals or the quality of your externals, the quality of things, which are good, that's fine, and we all love that because, you know, external impressions are important. But ultimately, what is more important than any of that is the quality and the sincerity of your heart. Because I can say people matter, but do I treat people like they matter? I can wear a t-shirt that says people matter, but do I treat people like they really matter with dignity and respect 
with love and with honour, with kindness and with care. I think Jesus is saying it's easy to say things, but you've got to do things that match up with what you say. Now, three, quickly, in the final few minutes that I have, three areas that I think we as the church can wake up to when it comes to sometimes being dirty on the inside but yet clean on the outside. I think there is a cleaning on the inside and a continual cleaning on the outside in three areas that I think we can get caught out and where our externals don't always match up with our internals. And I truly believe God cares about these three things. And I'm not just being a preacher of three things, because that's what preachers do, although it does help for you to remember them. But I think these three things are fairly important personally to me, and I'd also like them to be important in the soul and the life of this church. Is that okay? So the first thing, if we say people matter, that we believe, let not that just be a phrase, but we need to care and do something when we see prejudice and prejudices what are prejudices prejudice is preconceived opinions that are not based on reason or actual experience but they are prejudices that we have based on sometimes preconceived things which are incorrect and evil and sometimes very wrong we can be prejudiced against race and ethnicity we can be prejudiced against disability. We can be prejudiced against social class. We can be prejudiced against age. We can be prejudiced against lots of things. Yeah, but people matter. Then show me how you treat people who are different to you. Then show me how you treat people who look different to you. Show me how you treat people who talk different to you. Show me how you treat people who think differently to you. Because if people really matter, it's not just about what you say, but it's about what you do with what you say. Look what it says in James chapter 2, verses 1 to 4, because the Bible even talks about this. Brothers, pay no service or regard to people who show no prejudice, show no partiality, basically. Do not attempt to hold and practice the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ with snobbery. For if a person comes into your congregation whose hands are adorned with gold rings and who is wearing splendid apparel and also a poor man in shabby clothes comes in and you pay special attention to the one who wears the splendid clothes and you say to him, sit here in this preferable seat while you tell the poor man, stand there or sit there on the floor at my feet. Are you not discriminating among your own and are you not becoming critics and judges with wrong motives? I love the Bible. It's awesome, isn't it? And I know I said this wasn't really a Valentine's message, but I think it's important to talk about. Prejudice. And many of us, we think we don't have prejudice. We think, well, that's, that's not me. Like, I'm not prejudiced. I don't discriminate. And the reason we think that is because we like a post on Instagram. Or we posted a black tile in support of Black Lives Matter last June, which was initially a campaign to hold the music industry accountable for profiting off black talent and black artists without actually empowering fully black people at large. And the black tile, which was designated against the music industry, then obviously became a lot bigger and 
you'd have seen that all across social media, and it was a positive thing, and it was a good thing. But it's easy to post a black image on your social media profile. I did it. I'm sure many of us did it. But just because I posted it externally doesn't mean black lives matter to me internally. Just because I did something that could be seen, was that really the condition of my heart? Now I'd like to think it was, but I have to check myself. I have to check my heart and go, I don't want there to be hypocrisy in me. I don't want there to be prejudice in me. And I think Jesus is saying, I'd prefer you to have no prejudice in your heart and live that out rather than publicly posting a tile because that's the thing to do. It's almost better, don't post a tile. Live without prejudice in your heart. Why? Because the internal matters more than the external. Because when you fight all prejudice in you, you have to start from the heart. That's why the Bible says, search my heart, O God, and see if there is any offensive way in me. Because when you don't face prejudice yourself, you can think it doesn't exist, or you think it is exaggerated, or you think, yeah, well, you know, it's a media hype thing, and, you know, much prejudice is kind of, it's not as kind of real or as prevalent as people make out, it's just, and, and, you, and you can, and then you realise that's what your opinion is. Just a couple of weeks ago, we did a consultation, we've done a consultation with our church, but we did a consultation with our staff, and the staff in our, our life church who are black or dual heritage or of Asian heritage and every single one of them when we did this consultation had faced intense racist abuse one of them had been locked in a freezer one of them had been mocked in an office so badly that they had to leave immediately their place of employment others were abused on public transport because of the color of their skin now we can be, yeah, but that's not us. That's, you know, the people are there. That's, but it starts with us. It starts with us saying, okay, I want to check my heart because if people matter, then fighting the tiniest to the largest prejudice and injustice in your heart really matters. So today I encourage us, if people matter, let's check our heart. Is there prejudice that needs to change. The second area is judgment. If people matter, let's not judge them. Matthew 7 verses 1 to 5, look what it says, a famous passage. Do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Let's not be a judgmental church I hate it when I make quick judgments about people do you like sometimes I hate myself for it I'm like what am I doing I've just made an instant judgment about what they wear about their weight about how they look about what they just said about what they, you know you can make judgments all of the time and the reason I hate judgments is because you rarely judge positively you only pretty much judge negatively or cynically. 
Because when you judge, what you are doing is you are positioning yourself as the judge. You are positioning yourself as someone who matters more than them. Because if you're in a, if you're in a place of, in a court of law, you have you know, the defendant, you have the prosecution, you have the jury, but who has the highest authority in that courtroom? It is the judge. So when you are judging someone, you're saying, I have the greater authority over you. I matter more than you because I can decide the outcome of what happens next. Don't allow your judgments to determine, to, to determine the quality of your response. Treat all people, the Bible says, with honour. Honour all people. You can discern. The Bible tells us to discern. But you can't judge. Otherwise, you too will be judged in the same measure that you just judged others. Discernment will provide you with wisdom, but judgment makes a financial final decision, which is often wrong. And we make judgments about people. We say, you know what, I was wrong. And even if you were right, the judgment in your heart was still wrong. Yeah, but people matter. Then don't be prejudiced and don't judge third and finally if people matter don't gossip Proverbs 18 verse 8 I like this verse Proverbs 18 verse 8 the words of a gossip are like choice another version puts it like juicy morsels they go down to the inmost parts what is Solomon saying here he's saying is the reality is all of us love a bit of gossip because it's like tasty it's like, whoa, what did they say? Well, I want to know it first. What happened? Like, tell me, tell me, tell me. We love to hear stuff on the DL. If it's safe with me, I'm confidential, yeah. You're kind of confidential. It's confidential, it's safe with me. So, you know, you've got to be open, transparent, honest, tell me, tell me. It's helpful, helpful for me to know. How, you don't have to say anything about it. I really think it would help me if you told me. Okay, I'm going to tell you some comment. Okay, yep, I'm going to pray for you. You'll never guess what just happened. What just happened? And I know I'm being kind of extreme in this, but sometimes we have to talk about it in that kind of way for it to hit home. Proverbs 20, verse 19. I'm nearly finished. Proverbs 20, verse 19. A gossip betrays a confidence. Look what the next line says. Read it out. Let's read it out together. So avoid anyone who talks too much. That's not me, it's the Bible. If you're a gossip, stop it. Because you will run out of friends and you'll become lonely. God's heart for you is not to become lonely because you betray confidence. Ephesians 4 verse 20, 29 do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth but only what is helpful for, buying, for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen and I'm not accusing you guys of being prejudiced I'm not accusing you of being judgmental I'm not accusing you of being a gossip but I'm saying let's live like Jesus lived let's not live like the Pharisees lived let's not live as clean on the outside but yet dirty on the inside yeah but people matter Dave yeah but 
Did you know people may matter to you, but the one person you just gossiped about doesn't matter to you. Because if they mattered to you, you wouldn't gossip about them. If they mattered to you, you wouldn't be prejudiced against them. If they mattered to you, you, if they mattered to you, I think you get what I'm trying to say. And the Word of God today, I appreciate, is quite straight, it's quite blunt, it's quite to the point. It might not be quite Valentine's Day, but I think it's appropriate. Why? Because really what we're talking about is a love, a genuine love for people. A love that is pure and a love that treats people purely. Because that is how Jesus loved people. It's how he loved and truly loved people. Because where in your heart today, the singers can come and join me, we're going to close. Where in your heart today, can people matter move from a slogan to a way of life where how we reach people is how we treat people would you stand with me today we're going to pray Jesus I pray right now for all of us we submit our hearts to you today knowing that in our hearts there are aspects of dirt in our hearts that we wish weren't there but they are God and we say forgive us forgive us for those times when we've been prejudiced or discriminatory against a certain race or a certain disability or a certain age or a certain ethnicity or nationality forgive us when we've been judgmental against a homeless man when we've been judgmental against a wealthy person when we've been judgmental against somebody who's not like us or looks better than we think we look or forgive us God Forgive us, God, where we've gossiped, we've shared news that was not our news to share, when it was not helpful to the person we were taught. Forgive us, forgive us, we pray. All we want to be, God, is like you, Jesus. We want to live, Jesus, like you, not like the Pharisees who walked around looking good, but inside were not good. We'd prefer to be good than be concerned with looking good. So help us check our spirits today in Jesus' name.